This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. Many sports icons over the past couple of years have opened up about mental health issues, and experts say the more conversations we have, the faster we can decrease the stigma. And that's what we're going to talk about on Sports Jam today, and that's why the Metropolitan Riveters, a women's professional hockey team representing New York and New Jersey in the Premier Hockey Federation. We learned about the PHF just a couple of weeks ago. And when it comes to the game with the Riveters, they're going to be hosting a mental health awareness night at Prudential Center in Newark at 2 o'clock on March 5th. They're going to be wearing special design jerseys. Well, you know I love the jerseys. You can see them behind me right now. And they're going to be promoting the fact that the Riveters' wonderful logo, it's, it's probably one of the best there is, Let's Talk About Mental Health will be on the uh, jerseys as well. Joining us on Sports Jam to talk about the special event, Anya Packer, who is the general manager of the Metropolitan Riveters, her wife and team captain of the Riveters, Madison Packer, and Dr. Joe Galasso of Baker Street Health and Human Performance. Thanks to all of you for being on Sports Jam. Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Anya, you have been working in the mental health awareness sector for quite some time. Tell us why it's so important to you. Yeah, I was a, I was a kid and I was growing up with, you know, all the different things that, and stresses that come into being a teenager, being an adolescent, but also dealing with some pretty severe anxiety and depression. And it was around my seventh grade year. I was, you know, kind of trying to figure out what was what. And I had a, a stint of time. I tried to take my own life. I spent some time in the hospital, took me away from my team, my sport, um, when I was in high school. And so ever since, as I kind of continued to grow the ranks and throughout sport and my platform started to grow, I wanted to share with people that, that that's okay, that there's times that you're going to have struggles, you're going to have hardships, and that doesn't change who you are as a person. And it was a, a long pathway of growth for me to understand that and learn that about myself. And you know, I, I always said if there was an athlete or somebody that I looked up to at the time just talking about it, I might have felt more comfortable to ask my parents for help or to go seek medical advice or to go to my school counselor. I, I just never did any of those things because it was so taboo and, you know, you were always labeled as something. And, and so when I started to, to grow in this sport, I realized I had to take that moment and that opportunity to let any child know or any fan or any adult know that if you weren't feeling right or you needed a check-in, that that was okay. I'd rather have you be here and needing mental health help than unfortunately lose your, you lose your life. You certainly want to listen to Anya because she was named one of the 25 most powerful women in hockey by Sportsnet in 2020. And a former player, we'll get into her background, and now the GM of the Riveters. And Madison has been one of the stars of this league for many years before when it was the National Women's Hockey League so many all-star teams, even going back to your days at the University of Wisconsin and, and overcoming some issues there to eventually win a championship there. It's always been about winning when it comes to Madison Packer. And so here's another winning topic, mental health. Is this something that you feel has to be addressed right now? Yeah, I think for me, it's aside from being a parent, I think maybe the most important thing I'm doing, especially in the world of sports, uh, I feel very grateful for the relationship and partnership we have with Baker Street. I think we're the only team in the league that has access to a full psych team whenever we need it. Uh, and that's just an invaluable resource. You know, you've seen more and more recently in the news and headlines, athletes who struggle with mental health, athletes who have substance abuse and addiction struggles. Uh, and it's something that we don't talk about because we've been bred and raised to, to believe that 
we're tough. We fight through it. You know, I break my leg. I can see that something's wrong, but I'm struggling with something else that I can't necessarily see. And that's hard to understand. So it's almost, you know, someone said to me the other day, it's, it's almost like giving someone permission to breathe, to say, you know, I'm having a bad day or I'm just a little bit off. Um, and it's so true. It's, you know, we have great leadership in our organization. We have access to great resources with the docs. And um, this year we've really come a long way as a group off the ice, both as a team and individually through the work with our psych team. And I think that it's a huge resource that's undervalued and underutilized in a lot of different areas, especially across the world of sports. And so as individual athletes continue to come out and talk about it, whether it's personal experience or advocating for the resources, whatever it might be, um, it's important for people to know that it's a conversation that needs to be had. It's a conversation that is okay to have. And that no matter what you're going through, like everyone has gone through something and, and you have the support and we all have empathy for one another and it's okay to not have the best day every day. And it's okay to not feel on top of your game and um, talking about it and, and feeling supported by your teammates is, is huge in, in getting back to where you need to be. I think we've all seen some of the recent commercials that are out there talking about mental health, where they go, you know, they don't know what to say to each other. And then eventually, you know, they all say, Hey, let's talk. Let's, you know, let's just find out how you doing today and, and things like that. And really, as you said, bringing it down to everybody has issues and everybody needs help and support. When you see a mental health awareness night at Prudential Center, obviously this is something that the PHF is really proud of and really you know, putting a, a face forward on the ice about this. When did you first talk about anything about mental health, Madison? As you know, you've been in the sports world for a long time and have had a, such a tremendous career. When did it really start coming about for you when you started to hear people admitting and talking about, hey, it's okay that let people know that you might need some help? So uh, when I was 17, I lost a high school teammate to suicide. And that was the first time that I acknowledged or recognized even what that was. I grew up in a pretty wealthy, sheltered environment. And, you know, not that those people aren't subjected to those same struggles. We just didn't talk about it and nobody knew really what to do or what to say. And so I got involved with a local organization and a, a larger organization called Project Semicolon. And I just started kind of doing some education on my own. And my hometown has just been crushed by the suicide epidemic that's sweeping through the country. And, and working in that also, I've had people really close to me have died of drug overdoses in the last couple of years. And to me, those things work hand in hand, right? Like mental health is addiction and addiction is mental health. And so I really tried to figure out why and how I missed what these people were struggling with and how, you know, somebody who grew up right next door doing the same things, hanging out with these people, how I missed it. And then like learning that it really wasn't about me. Like we have this thing going on in our country and it's a part of our culture and it's, to me, generational where like these younger generations feel things differently and we talk about things differently. And so how can we get to a place of understanding and, and getting those people's support and recognizing that, you know, it's not just, oh, that there's something wrong with that person. Like it's a disease, mental health and mental illness is a disease and it's, there are ways to cure it. There are ways to talk through it. But the biggest thing is just getting humans in, as in general to have more empathy for one another and whether it's in the classroom or in your house or in the sports arena, like everyone needs those resources and everyone needs to know that it's okay to talk about it because the more we normalize the conversation, not necessarily the behavior, but 
we normalize the conversation and it, it so then it's not like oh well there's something wrong with that person it's like man i feel badly that that person is experiencing that and we can let people know that it's okay to be who you are and it's okay to have a conversation about it because you don't have to go through it on your own and slowly we can kind of figure this thing out together you know i have no background when it comes to helping people but when i talk to people i usually say the same thing. I say, we all have demons. We all have our issues inside us that we're all battling. It just depends on who you are. Somebody who is in that battle is with Baker Street Health and Human Performance, Dr. Joe Galasso. And thanks for joining us, Joe. You've been working with professional teams for quite some time on this this matter. Let's go personal with you first. Why do you do what you do? You know, uh, I got into it very early on. I can't tell you exactly what drew me to it other than um, when I was in high school, um, I started my own path of trying to figure out who I wanted to be. Right. Um, and, and like Madison and Anya shared, you know, I was a, I was a, a burgeoning athlete, although I didn't grow more than five foot eight, five foot nine, I wasn't going to major league baseball. I knew it, right. My career had a shift. And, and in that, I saw my teammates struggling, right? We, we had our own share. I, I saw, you know, our own share of struggles. So we had suicides in my high school. Um, I was exposed to a lot of similar experiences as well. Um, and I took it upon myself to start learning about what was going on. And, and, and I thought my path was going to take me more towards pediatrics. Um, that's where I thought I wanted to go when I was very young. And through high school, through college, I actually made the shift to psychology and stuck with it. And then I realized that I wanted to stay with athletes, you know, primarily. And that's just, that's where I stayed my, my entire career. Right. So the primarily my practice is mostly with athletes. Sometimes it takes the bigger names with any kind of disease or issue to bring more awareness out. And we could have numerous examples when it comes to that. But as we listen to all of you, you have similar stories of growing up and and losing people that you care about for various reasons. Now that sports has taken a much more active role in so many issues, I I guess it's a great time for you to be partnering with the PHF for this special awareness night. Tell us about your role and how this all all developed. Well, you know, I, I think I am just supremely fortunate to have been able to be introduced to Anya and the Riveters and Madison. We at Baker Street have recently just pivoted in the last couple of years away from primarily men's teams, right? That's, that's who has been really seeking our services because um, we have a whole medical arm too that we've brought with us to the Riveters. So we brought medical and behavioral health with us to the Riveters. But we pivoted towards women's sports largely because access is the biggest issue for women, right? And, and ultimately what we want to do is level the playing field. And like Madison said, it should be shocking that the other teams in the league don't have the same access to the same level of care. And what we're doing is just opening the door to give the players the opportunity to have access to the doctors in our practice. That's all we want to do. Make sure that there is access because what perpetuates the problems with disease at any level, but in this case, depression, anxiety, mental health, substance abuse, suicide is hopelessness, right? If there is hopelessness, um, it's largely because people feel like they don't have access to care. um, And we want to take that barrier away. That's what we're trying to do. 
and we want to show the league and all leagues, right? And then ultimately by extension, because what Anya and Madison have that I don't have is a platform, right? They get to go out and say, unless sports jam, now you have a platform. Yes. <laughs> this is possible, right? The, the barriers that exist are largely um, coming down right now. Right. And, and treatment is possible. And, and while cures are not always entirely possible, mental health issues can be mitigated, right. With, with access to mental health care. And that's what we're trying to do here. And I think this partnership, um, at least in a microcosm can serve to pollinate everybody. Right. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to pollinate everybody with this message that this is possible. There are people out there that share this vision. Um, and we want to just do this on a bigger scale. I think what's so impressive about Anya and Madison Packer, if you look at their backgrounds, you'll notice that it's always been one, no matter what in their career, they're, they're helping people. They're giving back in certain ways. Anya, where did that start for you, this need to want to give back? You're in a position of power now as GM of the Riveters, and you know, women's hockey is hot right now. You know, PHF now increasing salaries and, and expanding the league. So this is this is exciting time to be a part and be a GM. How about this giving back? I honestly think a lot of it comes from when you don't have much, you recognize how much you need. And growing up, that was that was how I was raised. I always you know, we never had the most in my household, but we always had the most time to give or the most love or, you know, the most time to go to the church and volunteer. So um, at least from my vantage point, it always came from needing the ability to then say, okay, when I have that time or when I have that energy or when I am with my family on Christmas Eve, are we going to go give out French toast at the shelter? Yes, we are going to go do those things. So as I started to, you know, climb those ranks and elevate myself, I became, be, began able to give more and give bigger and give and give in different ways. And so, you know, I think it's really important when you meet people like Joe and, and his whole medical team that want to plug in and give that more to people that are in need. Women's sports are very much in need. And while we grow, even on the W, you know, tennis, you know, all the way up to the most notable athletes that you could possibly Im imagine. You see Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, these Michaela Schifrin most recently just come out and say, hey, like we need help in this space. My, my mentals aren't there. Um, and, you know, Simone Biles, for example, last Olympics got a lot of criticism because it's actually not safe to compete when your brain isn't in the game. For Madison, she could be going in the corner completely unaware of herself and, and really do lifetime irreparable damage. And that all starts between the ears and people don't recognize that those invisible injuries are really, really challenging to not only suss through, but also what does that mean for your game and your safety and your teammate's safety and your opponent's safety. So um, to your first point, I think a lot of why I give is because I need and I've needed and I was able to receive that care and that, that support and that love, whether through family or through doctors or, you know, I worked at the Children's Hospital when I was growing up and going through my hardship so I would go back and donate my time to Bader Five and go to the same ward that I was living in. All of these things come to say women's sports are also in need. And so when we find caring people like yourself to tell the story, Madison to put her face on the line, Joe to be a part of it, our design team to create a jersey that says, let's talk about it, a term that our captain uses all the time. It really comes to a culmination of need to, to get to a point of success. That captain is someone who's been brilliant on the ice for, for many years. Number 14, 
Madison Packer. For Packer, that's her number 10, fifth goal of the season. Madison, women's sports, there's such a surge right now, at least in my opinion. Obviously, the, the playing field is not even yet, but because of so many women breaking into the broadcasting area and, and getting now getting positions of power in the, in the various leagues, it's, it's an exciting time. Did you think that was going to happen? I know that you always probably wanted it to happen, but did you think it was going to get to a point where salaries are going to go up now in the PHF? Yeah, I think that I just had a conversation similar to this. Like, if you had told me seven years ago when the league started that this is where we would be now, I would have said, yeah, right. Like, because in one year's time, we went from being on cloud nine to our salaries were completely cut and you basically had to play for free. And if you didn't, like you were complaining and it was, it was very like hostile and, and hard to navigate because we all loved what we were doing and we were all doing it because we wanted to grow the game and we wanted to show little kids everywhere that you can have a dream and you can make it happen, but it didn't make sense. And it just wasn't piecing together. And we just had to kind of claw and fight for every scrap we got. And then every year it got, a little better and then a little worse and then something different would happen. And it just kind of, you just kind of like kept plugging along. And then, you know, this new uh, ownership group came in and I'm a big fan of, of the Boyton's and everything that they do. You know, they don't just invest in us as female hockey players, but they are huge advocates and investors in women in general, women, female in tech companies, females in other sports, you know, women across the board. John Boynton is a huge advocate and Jojo stands on her own as a very accomplished woman who has done great things in the, in the corporate world. So um, they have had a lot of conversations with John. They really changed my perspective on, you know, what we're trying to do and, and what the future of, of the league will look like. And it's a real business model. It's going to take time, right? Do I want to make a million dollars a year playing hockey? Yeah. Who doesn't, but that's not where we're at, but you know, I'm helping pave the way for, you know, 10 years from now that might happen. And that's not something we would have said seven years ago. So it's happening much quicker than it's not happening as quickly as people would like, but it's happening much quicker than I think the people who really understand the process ever thought that it would just because like, it is a really good time to be a female athlete. It's a, it's a great time to be a woman in general, in my opinion, like people are realizing the value that we bring to the table and people want to invest in that. And, and we're being given the opportunity to prove our value, both in the, corporate world and in the world of sport. And um, so it's fun. You know, I think that our recent announcement it was huge, but that's just the beginning. Like the salary is just the beginning, right? We want viewership. We want sponsorships. We want all these other things, but it takes time. And we just have to keep proving that, that we can stand on our own and that we have a product that's worth investing in. Great example of that was it wasn't that long ago when I was talking to Hillary Knight and Jocelyn and Monique Lamoureux, and they were talking about yeah, this, you know, we're not on the same ice with the men and, and, uh, you know, we need help. We need to increase. And here we are talking about some progress. And that's, that's certainly uh, exciting to know some young gal or young guy sees Madison Packer on the ice on March 5th at Prudential Center. And he or she comes up to you. What do you tell them? I like who you are. I want to be, I want to be the next Madison Packer. What do you say to these young kids? Um, usually I lead with like, not a negative, but 
you're always going to have somebody stand in front of you and tell you that you can't do something. And my whole life, I was almost, almost always the only girl playing a boy's sport. And I always had people tell me that I couldn't, that I wouldn't, I was too slow. Girls don't play hockey. And that was what drove me. So like to get to a point where all I wanted to be able to do was be recognizable enough that I could run into one of those people and be like, thank you, because that's what got me to where I am. And I feel like we like we're there. I have a couple of those stories where like I lived out that moment and it was so glorious for me. But <laughs> I think it's important for kids to know that it's, it's so much easier to, to tell someone they can't do something. And because a lot of people can't, it takes a lot of drive and commitment and sacrifice to, to chase a dream. But, um, you know, look around the world at all these people that are accomplishing the things they put their minds to. And that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Like I'm going on 31. Uh, there's a lot of younger kids behind me who want to take my spot, but it's important for me, for little kids to see that you can live out that dream. I've got kids of my own now. Like I want them to be able to look back and say, wow, that was cool. Mom chased this thing that she wanted to do and she did it. And that's what it's all about for me is little kids knowing that dreams are real and, and people of all ages and shapes and sizes and walks of life, everyone has a dream. And if you put your mind to it, you can do it. At the uh, top of that circle, Packer will chase it down back behind the net of Chuli. Packer with a <laughs> sweet play out in front, slips that one right through the pads of Chuli and the Riveters go up one nothing. It's a hard-working goal by and you, you could Madison tell, Packer. You could tell this game was turned around in the second period. You can tell that Metropolitan were out on the front foot. They knew exactly what they wanted their game plan to be. They wanted to make it a fast-paced game. Yeah, I want to personally congratulate you, Madison, and you, Anya, for being trailblazers in the sport. It's my favorite sport. I can't skate a lick, <laughs> right? And it's why I appreciate what you do so much and, and really enjoy um, the aspect that you have reached these great heights. I've been on so many all-star teams, and, and you're really uh, the face of the league right now. Dr. Joe, working with these incredible trailblazers has to, you know, has to make you step back and just say, hey, there are a lot of problems with the world, but sometimes we're getting it right. Sometimes we're, we're, we're finally figuring out, you know, the strengths of, of each and every individual, and it should not be gender-based. Take a look inside, and you can find out what Anya and Madison have been talking about in yourself. This is what we all share, and that would be my heart, right? This is what we all share, and therefore the common ground. Uh, what were, will be your role on the uh, the fifth? Obviously, you'll be there. I get to share in the pride of what's happening, right? There, there's a movement abounding here. There's a movement afoot, and I, I, I get to share the pride of what's going on. Um, I too, like, I have a daughter at home, also, right? And and I'm eternally thankful for being able to share in what's going on and get to share in her future of what's going on. I feel like I'm a stakeholder now in what's going on, right? My team is a stakeholder in what's going on and in everybody else's life too. I hope that my team is adding value to the people who we serve in their lives, right? And that we're making their lives a little easier and a little better and that we're giving them access. And I hope that everybody feels comfortable calling us when they need us seeing how just how easy it is to pick up the phone right that there's no shame just like you would call the athletic trainer or the strength and conditioning coach or the orthopedist it's the same right you're from the neck up it's the same we care for ourselves the same way i will uh, i will add to he's part of the success team from day one he has regular meetings with 
reg regularly with all of our players in team building sessions, but also with myself, with my leadership core, with our coaches, with, you know, there's no step of the ranks that his team or he does not touch. And so, you know, when he said how we got involved, he really did come to us with this idea of we're going to take care of your whole athlete. And the Riveters are fortunate to be able to cross paths with Baker Street and such an amazing group. Um, but it's not it's not common in women's sports to have that robust team of people that cover head to toe the entire athlete. So while he's going to come and he's going to be a, con a contributor to the success and, and obviously the long term story, he really puts in the hours and the moments and the utilization for every single athlete on the Riveters or on the staff or anybody that we touch to go have that behavioral medicine as a free benefit to our group. And so, you know, he is invaluable to the team and invaluable to the support of what we do, because I'm, I'm pretty sure every single one of our athletes utilizes their services. Are you a good skater, Joe? Can't skate a lick. There you go. <laughs> See the two guys here in this session. Uh, if we went two on two, um, I, first of all, I couldn't even get to the boards to get, you know, to, to try to make a play. Madison would make me look silly. And then Anya would score a hundred goals and they would win 106 right. to, to nothing. We'd be shut out. So we, we certainly know about that. Where do you see social media playing a role in mental health awareness support? Because we know issues develop in high school with bullying and things like that. So where do you see that? How long is this podcast? problems here um i'll take my first stab and then i'll pass it over to you joe because you're definitely the expert here but there's there's two ways to go about this because one social media can be a real harm to children and how they perceive themselves and what they're able to say and what they feel empowered to say behind the screen but on the flip side it gives you access to the inside of people's hearts. You know, Madison is so open with what she goes through or what I go through or what she's experienced in her life. And it allows kids to connect on a deeper level to who she is, to what she stands for. She did an entire um, question and answer session with Erica Ayala where she talked about uh, addiction and talked about how that's a real problem and people need to be able to seek help and they need to feel comfortable. And so if I was a kid, you know, I kind of go back into that shell of me X amount of years ago when I didn't feel like I could continue on my path. If I saw my favorite hockey player or any hockey player saying it is okay, if you have addiction problems, if you have mental health issues, like it is okay, that's where social media gives that conversation so much reach to save lives. I mean, Madison can attest to it. I've as well received messages from fans and different people saying, Hey, I didn't know you went through that. I go through a very similar thing. Thank you for saying that. I'm going to try that hotline or I'm going to try that access, or I'm going to do that thing. So while there's a lot of problems in social media, the best part about it is Madison has now lowered the standard of stigma by being comfortable to say, I have problems too. Like we've all got issues and so I think that that part of social media is a real blessing because it gives our, our message reach. Joe, I want to give you two minutes on social media and what you want to mention about that. I, I'm, I'm going to say I, I agree with Anya uh, wholeheartedly. She, she addressed it pretty eloquently, right? It's about balance. Um, we do have the pitfalls that we know exist with social media, which is the content is very sanitized and kids really run the risk of falling into the fantasy of 
what exists on social media um, and, and falling into this belief that everything is great and, and trying to reach these goals that really don't exist. And they compare themselves to standards and goals and, and these things that are just not attainable. And, and it does some serious harm to their self-esteem, right? Um, while they're still forming. And, and, and it's, that's, that's a real challenge for us as adults now to mitigate the harm that that causes. But I do agree with Anya that the benefit of it is it gives them in real time some access to people that do give them some really great content like Madison, um, who really do share their heart and their soul and, and their truth. Um, and with that comes um, this feeling that they're not alone and it really normalizes some things that can be really scary, especially during teenage years, um, especially things like depression, anxiety, things that they don't have names or words for. Um, feelings that are really scary and confusing um, at a time where they might feel alienated or alone or that they don't have people who they can talk to or, you know, maybe they don't have a therapist or a parent or, or a friend group that they could really reach out to. Then then it's really helpful, right, if, the, if they could feel empowered by somebody else of like Madison stature. Um, or, or, or somebody who they really connect to through that modality, then it can be really helpful, right? So it's about balance. Um, and hopefully they do have some people in their lives that teach them how to use it responsibly or how to know the difference between what's healthy and what's not. We have about five minutes to go here in the sports jam. And Anya played uh, hockey with the Connecticut Whale before retiring uh, from top level play. But I got to get to Madison and get to you to talk about maybe the most special moment for you on the ice. You're one of the greatest players that have ever played in this league. So I want to find out what means the most to you. Is there a moment that you can pick out? Uh, mine's going to be cliche, <laughs> but I think this upcoming game might actually be the most important. Um, when I considered re-signing with the Riveters in the off season, I put in my contract that it was contingent on us having a mental health game because I, I really don't care about like, winning games, scoring goals. I love my teammates. Like, and I, and I say all the time that my hope when I'm done is that people will remember me as being a good person, you know, someone that made a difference in their life. I, I have two of my teammates from um, the Riveters. One was at Wisconsin with me. We're, we're the only friends of mine besides my family that were in my wedding. Um, you know, some of my teammates are the best friends that I've ever had. And um to be able to do something like this that I think is so important, like that's what it's all about is using your platform for good. And we play the game to score goals and win, but at the end of it all, like, you know, nobody really remembers that. I, you know, I can't even tell you the score of our games two weekends ago. So it's more about doing the, the big things while we can for me. And uh, five years ago, we wouldn't be having a game like this in our league. And, you know, five years ago, nobody was talking about any of these things on their socials. They weren't making commercials about it. They weren't, they didn't have athletes who were, had the courage to go out and say things on their own. Uh, and it was really only once really horrible things started happening. And we started, started reading more about it and seeing more of it that we realized that, wow, there are a lot of people that are going through the same thing. And, um, you know, I don't, you don't ever want to see somebody go through that. And I've been, fortunate to have a lot of really good resources, but also unfortunate to lose a lot of people that I really love and care about. And so if I can have a, a conversation with someone I've never met or, or have a game where we wear jerseys that people line up to buy because it 
means something to them that we talked about it for a weekend. Like that's what it's about. And we're, we're seeing that we saw that last weekend with the black rosy jerseys that we did. We're going to see that again. You know, we have a lot of people that are interested in these jerseys that we're putting together for the mental health game. Um, and that's what it's about it is, is kids, adults, anyone to feel connected and feel valued and feel normal and feel like what their, what that their experience is a human experience. And um, so the mental health game is going to be pretty special for me. I'm excited for it. Real quickly. Uh, I have two Brian Rush jerseys behind me. You told me before we started that you and Brian grew up together on the ice. Are you getting support from the men, from the NHL players and all this? Yeah, I don't think the amount of support I've gotten has actually been incredible. Uh, and, and the more I talk about it, the more other people talk about it too. And I think that that's been pretty cool is that there's always a hesitation. You're always a little nervous to either share your story or for me, just talk about it in general and let people know that like, it's okay. And everyone goes through something at some point. And the more I talk about it, the more people who I would never expect, you know, people I play against people that play in other leagues, people that play in the NFL, different sports are like, thank you for talking about that. You know, my cousin or my brother or, or me, whatever. Um, and it starts a conversation and it's just, more people than any of us realize are struggling with these things. And the more we talk about it, the more it lets people feel like it's okay for them to talk about it. And um, that's important. Less than a minute to go, Anya. Tell us how people can get involved with this special night on March 5th at Prudential Center. Perfect. You can certainly come to the game. I think it's always nice to show support by way of attendance, but our jerseys will also be auctioned off by my gray um, after the fact. And we're working with Baker street to find a few local organizations. Um, also they're selling some merch. We have the captain has made a few hats um, that say, let's talk about it. And really driving home the point that just starting a conversation is usually a great gateway to finding real support. And those will be auctioned off for the Heron project, a project that gives money directly to um, kids, families struggling with addiction and mental health challenges. So while we're working through these tough times, it's more about engaging and sharing and being broad. Sometimes there's not always a piggyback message that you can send. Sometimes I'll see things and I don't necessarily have a, a you know story to tell, but I do think that's a great story to share. So sharing broadly, following us on social, following Baker Street, following the game, um, following the captain, sharing some of those stories that you see, sharing some of the resources, hotlines, phone numbers, all those things become really important because, um, you know, in the very beginning, Joe said, it all starts when you feel hopeless or when you feel like you can't find an answer. And while we can all Google, nobody wants to. And in your darkest days, I can guarantee you, you're not Googling, how do I feel better today? So when it's available to you and you see it on a day-to-day -day basis, it becomes normal. So the more we can normalize it, talk about it, share it, um, tell your parents, tell your friends, tell anybody when it's, when you're not feeling well, when they don't seem like they're feeling well, um, those are some of the greatest ways to just get engaged with what we're doing here. Anya Packer, Madison Packer, and Dr. Joe Galasso. Big night coming up for the Riveters on March 5th. Thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios podcast. You can check out all the shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam. Find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.